to Learning Now Radio, bringing you the best news, views and interviews from the team that brings you Learning Now TV. This is Learning Now Radio. Well, on today's Learning Now Radio, I'm delighted to introduce Neil Birch and Jamie Burney from the Guinness Partnership. And one of the reasons why I'm really excited to have them on the show today is these guys are in L&D right now facing some challenging um, situations, doing some innovative work. And I think it's really important that we're hearing from practitioners in organisations talking about real context, real challenges, real limitations, real opportunities. So, Neil, Jamie, thank you so much for joining us today. Pleasure. Pleasure. So let's get started. Tell us a little bit more then about the Guinness Partnership, the work that it does and your role in it. Okay, so I'll start with that. Um, Yeah, so we're from the Guinness Partnership, which is a a large housing association that works throughout England. Um, I think we have just a little over 70,000 properties or thereabouts these days that that we um, either own or manage. Um, We also have a development side to the company and a care and support side to the company. Um, Neil and I are predominantly focused on the housing side of the company. yeah, we, we predominantly focus on um, giving people the right tools to, to do their job uh, in operational kind of format and customer facing. So uh, we're right kind of be just in, for, you know, we just kind of round um, the front line. We, we, we do a lot of work with, with operational staff. And what does that, from a contextual perspective, what sort of challenges do you face then in that type of environment to get the learning to where people need it? Yeah, I think the main challenge that we have is the diversity of roles that we support, both in terms of geography and skills and professions. So one day we might be training estate services um, around um, good working practices, using the right equipment. And then the next day it could be working with an IT department and, and working with systems or we could be running some complaints training, or it's sort of very broad range right across the whole um, organization. And and one of the specific challenges that we have in that is being able to get to the different people in different locations. Um, We have around 3000 employees in Guinness, Mm. and they're dispersed, as I say, throughout England. And that could range from Newcastle right the way down into Exeter, across to Brighton, London and Manchester. Uh, And some of those offices such as Bauer House in the north, we have 500 or 600 people in one office, but then we may have an office somewhere down in Gloucester that only has 30 or 40 employees. Um, And it's really, I suppose the the issue is trying to do just-in-time training that they need in the moment, but without sort of, with avoiding the travel as much as we can. Um, So that's probably one of the main challenges we have is the remote nature of our staff and being able to get to them really. Uh, the way we would address that is um, to try and only schedule face-to-face training when it's really beneficial and we know that it's going to have added value to the role. You've got these learning challenges that you're facing and like you say it's on a broad spectrum of subjects with a broad range of audience and stakeholders. How do you go about the design process getting that business need and deciding what the right thing is to do? 
Yeah, there's several ways to do that, really. I mean, we start, we, first of all, we'd have a, pre, um, a pre-training questionnaire that we would send out. And we always have that um, with any training that anyone comes to us for. And that asks sort of the questions about why do we want the training to go ahead? Um, what business need is that fulfilling? Does this link to the business strategy? Um, in some senses, they're quite challenging questions to really drive out that specific need for training. As we, we quite often get people come that want training, then when, when we drill down into it, they don't really need the training or they, they, they just think they need a bit of a, a hand-holding, really, yeah. as a confidence. I, I'd agree with that, with the questionnaire. What it allows us to do is kind of eke out and get to the bottom of what their actual need is. But it's also asking the person for a bit of an investment as well. So it's, if we are going to do the training, or we're going to provide a learning solution we need to know that this is going to be beneficial for not just for your good self to say yeah box ticked you know we've we've done that piece of training but it's also going to provide the knowledge the skills uh, that that the individual needs yeah. in order to you know fully competently carry out the tasks that they're being asked to do so you'll find that it may be one training need that they require but that may impact on several different areas so that's where we have to take more of an analytic approach and more blended approach to the style of learning within a nationwide organization as well. Mm. Uh, but we do try and work to a 70-20-10 principle um, where we schedule, where the face-to-face with the learner is it's either because there's very specific skills that they need to know and the quickest way to show them is face-to-face mm. or indeed it's that we haven't managed to reach our 70-20-10 um, principle and that we'd be able to find ourselves going out to do training that's not necessarily necessary. Just, just, just coming in there, Jamie, I think what we're in the business of doing now is providing choices and alternative ways of learning for those people so face to face not might it might not be the only way you know it might be not be the only way to teach somebody something we're looking at providing choices so yeah you may have a webinar we may have a, a remote session where we're doing a piece of coaching uh, with an individual via screen share or it may be a live chat and on the job live chat where you know we've got um, a resource kind of a training resource page where people can access learning and access you know uh, resources and on there you can ask a question so that may be that um, someone may be struggling with something and they get that live information then and there and then that provides you know the the alternative of mop-ups or refreshers or face-to-face kind of coaching so we try and provide choices well yeah. and that's one thing I really wanted to pick up on with both of you actually is that what you're describing um, is is really linking on to something that we've been talking about a lot on Learning Now Radio and actually on Learning Now TV as well, is um, whether there's a change in expectation um, of what learning provides to the organisation. So rather than being the, as I call it, the keepers of the catalogue, the way in which you engage with the business, the way in which you identify the needs, the way in which you realise those needs, have you noticed a change there and what sort of changes have you made in the Guinness Partnership to really get close to the business? I dare say more than notice the change. I think we've, we've hopefully driven some of this change yeah. forward because I think we do recognise the need, as we say, not for everything to be face-to-face. Um, and to link this back to the last question as well, as part of our um, pre-training questionnaire, we always go to our stakeholders to look at what they see as success um, and how what measurements they have in place now as opposed to what they want to see these measurements being once we've finished training. Um, and, and what I'm kind of leading to is we've, we've kind of learned not to do anything in isolation um, and to use the business. So 
I think the probably the biggest change is we we're not just rock, sort of turning up now to um, a face-to-face classroom where people are surprised by what they see. It's more about integrating ourselves into the individual teams that we're going to support to really understand their needs and to really work in a partnership with them. So everything that we're doing is agreed um, and we agree the best approach with them. So I think comes back to Neil's point that we really want to offer choice now. Um, and what, what we tend to do as part of our analysis is we'd work out what we call the change complexity. Um, and we might look at different processes or procedures or behaviours. And we, we look at the, what we will, the A to B. So where are they now as A? And where do they, do they need to be as the B? And if that's a long journey we would we'd have that as a high change complexity yeah. and where there is that high change complexity it may warrant a more face-to-face formal kind of training where we can recognize w- with our stakeholders that the change is more minimal we then what we do is we present options like neil was saying so we put a report together and say these are the several different options that where we can approach this so we really work with the business yeah. so that there's no surprises anywhere along the line but also because as trainers, I think we acknowledge we're not always the experts in everything. Absolutely. We're the facilitators of information, uh, which I think comes back to what, what you were saying uh, there, Lisa, that it's not about us kind of holding the keys to a lot of information and locking that away. It's being very open about what we know and what we do and understanding also what we don't know mm-hmm. and, and working with the business to make sure that we're getting things right first time. And sorry, just following on from Jamie's point, Lisa, where we was talking about um, it's like being a critical friend to that service area. It's, it's going and sitting with the people, understanding what they face in terms of the issues and the challenges. It's providing options, but it's knowing as well and acknowledging when it doesn't work, what can we do to kind of provide the best fit and like top up training and, and people may need just top ups in knowledge. And that's where... I find myself being a conductor of information. I link people to the relevant sources, to, you know, business subject matter experts. You know, if they need an answer to a question, I'll provide the link. I think learning's changed so much now with the advent of kind of iPads and the way that children learn nowadays and, you know, the way they learn in schools. You know, it's very much kind of technology-based. It's kind of go and find the answer for yourself. And what... I'm finding in my role is I'm providing answers, but I'm not providing them directly from me. I'm giving people the choice to go and find the answer and to learn. It might be a video, you know, the choices are endless, but it's all about knowing which choices are the right choices and are the right fit for that moment in time. The point that we have discussed actually prior to speaking today, but it's something that... um, I think it's really interesting to kind of dissect is in all of this, I know that you've got some significant challenges facing your sector. And of course, particularly because of the sector that you work in, finance is always going to be a challenge. But of course, you are at the whim, essentially a government policy. And I mean, who knows what's going to, we're recording this and it will go out after this, but recording this before the EU referendum, you know, we don't know what's going to happen there. But often what can happen in organisations is that that can end up causing paralysis where people won't change and they won't change the ways in which they work. But it sounds to me as if in some ways you embrace that 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 environment that you work in and actually it's helped to push on that change and and become closer to the business because it's so important what you do so rather than be hampered by your restrictions it sounds like you've 
really kind of grasped it and run with it. I think that's true, actually. I think we've really, in a way, enjoyed the freedom it's brought for us to try new avenues. Yeah. Uh, I mean, something, we, we were, we, Neil and I was at a Leaders in Learning quite recently, and yeah. they were talking there about how um, information shouldn't be locked away anymore, and it's about how we share that. And we really jumped on the back of that. We've introduced mm. a live chat with trainers so that we can maybe send out a communication, but rather than doing a face-to-face course, they can link through as live and just have a little conversation with us if they've got any insecurities. And I think, actually, this change in environment has really brought about and us being able to try out new things and be more creative with training. And I think if we can embrace it that way, it's fantastic, really, because then it doesn't become a barrier. It just becomes a challenge. And what new way can we come up with to deliver this information that still really hits kind of our evaluation scores and makes a difference to the baseline KPIs? Um, So I would absolutely agree with that. And I think the way that technology and project methodology these days are moving more agile we're having to be um, use sort of e-learning and videos and podcasts and screen sharing uh, just to keep up with that because actually what's going on one day might be something different the next day just because of the way that projects are run in a more agile way to respond particularly to the welfare reform at the moment which is the main external pressure that we have on us as an organization because you're absolutely right it's meaning we've got less money to do more with if that makes sense mm. uh, I think that we I take a bit of inspiration as well from Andrew Jacobs um, who found himself with no budget and found himself with one um, team member when he was in charge of um, the London Borough of Lambeth uh, development manager there and he had to think on his feet and really think about how do I train uh, quite a, a large amount of people in the jobs that they need to do? And that's where he had to be creative. And I'm taking inspiration from that because it's very much the same thing is happening to our sector where we, we're going to have to think of new innovative ways of being agile in order to communicate and, and get the best use out of technology. So that might be we're looking at training videos around, you know, how to manual handle something, you know, looking on a video thinking, all right, that's how you do it. It might be something like that as a solution. But, I mean, I think where we are at the minute and and the way that, you know, budget constraints are, we have to provide value and we have to demonstrate we're providing value. And if we can do that with our customers internally and externally, well, that's that's what we're here to do, really, and just spread the spread the good Absolutely. word. Absolutely. And I think, to be honest, um, it's exciting for us, but we are seeing the results because mm. the feedback that we're getting about what we're delivering and the, and the agile approach that we're taking has been overwhelmingly positive. Yeah. So I think there's a definite appreciation from the business that we are trying to be a bit more creative. And we certainly, as a team, have creative days where we'll just lock ourselves in a room and say, right, we've got this challenge what's the best way that we can look at this mm. and i think as a train as all trainers i think are generally quite creative people mm. we, we we find that having these creative days where we think out the box a little bit yeah i think we find them quite valuable of course but i think it's vital that learning development responds uh, to this in an adaptive flexible way to you know to the new world of, of, of social housing and it's to do a lot more less with kind of you know providing a one-size-fits-all but it's about building an awareness that this is the environment that we're all faced in so if we can inspire other people to make some uh, different kind of you know decisions on how to adapt the way that they teach their own people or the way that you know it's, it's going to benefit the industry as a whole 
Yeah. Well, and um, I don't want to come and rain on the parade now, but given that we've spent, I'm going to rain on the parade because we're talking about, you know, obviously having this opportunity and being able to think more creatively. And you're absolutely right. You know, we spoke to Andrew recently on Learning Now TV. And, and I think sometimes when you're in a constrained environment, it does bring out the creativity in us and we have to think differently. But because you've yeah. had to address this in a different way, has there been any resistance? Because you talk a lot about change, both in your sector, but both in the way that you've been doing things. So as part of that change process, you'd kind of expect to see some resistance. Have you had some to what you've been doing and how have you overcome it? Um, I think if I'm going to be really frank, the, the initial resistance was around um, probably allowing us almost to kind of letting us free of the business and, <laughs> and, and, yeah, and allowing us to get into projects a lot earlier than we normally would have um, so that we can actually stand up as consultants and, and work with the business and say, well, we think these are your complexities and these are the issues that you face. I think that's been probably the biggest challenge that we've faced. But I absolutely 100% believe that Guinness has really stood with us on this. Yeah. And, and I think together we've seen the benefits from both sides because I think this way we, we're kind of training our bringing a little bit more to the table than perhaps what they have in the past mm. um, and having a bit of an, uh, an opinion, I suppose, where, where before I think we were using a much more advisory capacity where the business would say, well, we know what we want, so can you just deliver it? Where now it's more of a kind of consultant capacity where mm. they say, well, okay, this is the challenges we face what support can you give us? And, and we kind of go in a little bit more from that angle. Mm. So I think we've had some challenges, but I think business is a, uh, sorry, uh, Guinness is a learning organisation and prides itself on being a learning organisation. And I think particularly over the last 12 months, they've, they've really bought into allowing us uh, some freedom to be creative, mm. I think, because I think everybody recognises that we need to do that little bit more with, with a, a little bit less. Yeah. But going back to resistance face from like maybe learners in terms of like a bit of a change of tact in the way that we deliver learning now. Um, initially, obviously with anything uh, new, um, I, I suppose like with e-learning, you know, there is some sort of um, resistance to that, to that change, or there's some anxiety around that change in style of learning because people feel that they, you know, grew up learning in a classroom, that that's the only way that they can learn. So in terms of breaking that perception, and as if we can marry up what people are doing in real life with, with what they do in a role and the way that the style that we teach, well, ultimately it's going to pay, it's going to have a lot of benefit for the organisation because we're doing it in a practical way and learning through experience, that that's key. That is key. It's learning through uh, having an experience, feeling what it's like to go through that experience, and then putting that into practice. And if you keep that in your mind, whenever you're doing any kind of training or anything like that, or at the baseline of any kind of piece of work that you're doing, it's going to reap dividends. It will. It'll, it'll benefit the learner so much more. So what's next for the two of you then? Because, of course, as you've described, the environment's changing, technology's changing, learner expectations are changing. So what are you focusing on on the ne sort of next six months for the rest of the year? 
Um, well, we really want to focus on the learning forum that we've learned about through the CIPD Leaders in Learning and creating a space. Well, ideally, my ambition is that as people come through an induction, we can um, we can set them up as user groups or like um, forum groups mm. and we can put them in touch with each other because people come to a central induction from around the business. That that way they can still talk to each other. Yeah. And we want to sort of engage more um, learners experience if that makes sense so we're getting them to talk to each other via online forums so we really want to get learners taking more and more responsibility for their own learning but it's also instilling a thread of a learning culture not just through the training team but working in, in partnership with other departments that may tend to to work in isolation at times. It, so, for example, working with uh, the communications team. So that, that is a fantastic advertisement for learning events. You know, we could host and get people involved in conversations on Yammer. You know, that would then promote conversations that are happening in a nationwide business in one area. You know, someone may need the answer from another area, but if you're a part of the same group, that could be a vital communication tool. You know, we're looking at all these, and but also learning just doesn't stop and what's next for us as, as a team. Uh, we feel that we've got a lot more investment in us thinking about what is happening in the wider world and adjusting to that change. And the way that we will do that is by, you know, um, Thinking about you know getting a network, getting a training network set up, and 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 speaking with other practitioners, and making sure that the industry that not not breathe life, but it, using the industry and what what is out there for other learners that that we share that, and we come we arrive at a place where you know learning is is not well, sound corny, but is is not seen as a laborious activity that it is something that is not just fun but is interesting. Yeah. Absolutely. And I just think, you know, as learners, we're always learning ourselves and open to learning. Mm. So I think, you know, uh, Neil's mentioned quite a few sort of networks there and the leaders in learning that we go to. Um, and, I, and I just think we're, we're just open now. We, we've kind of become more open to every opportunity that we can find to make learning more accessible and more fun. Mm. Really, I think as an organisation, we're going through a, a learning awakening. In, in, in such where we're, we're you know with having ideas we're being given you know the opportunity to, to promote those ideas and, and really it's a real exciting time for the Guinness partnership and a challenging one well I really hope that everyone that's listening will take this on board and we get more people like yourselves happy to share that story because I think what's really important to move the dialogue on for everybody and like you said in terms of reaching out to those networks that we hear more of these stories of what people are really facing how they are grasping opportunities but how they are living within their limitations where they're moving these things forward I can't thank you both enough because I'd love more of these types of stories on Learning Now Radio so that practitioners like yourselves can learn from each other, get some really great ideas and keep this all moving forward. So, Jamie, Neil, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, well, thank you for having us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Learning Now Radio. All the best news, reviews and interviews. Well, that's all we have for this episode. I hope you found some useful takeaways to jot down and use back at work. And please remember to share Learning Now Radio with your work colleagues, your Twitter followers, and of course your Facebook friends. 
So once again, thank you so much for listening to Learning Now Radio. Please help us to spread the word by subscribing and rating us on iTunes. And Lisa and I look forward to you joining us in two weeks' time.